Hello and welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm your host Shane Lee. Today on the show, Mark Carroll, a former Australian and New South Wales Rugby League player, playing 202 first grade games for Penrith, South Sydney and the Manly Club. He played seven State of Origins and 12 tests for Australia. Post-career, he's been a bodyguard and he runs his own gym in the eastern suburbs called Spud's Gym. And Steve Blocker-Roach, a former Australian and New South Wales Rugby League player as well, another prop on the show, playing 206 first-grade games, predominantly for the Balmain Football Club. He played 17 games for New South Wales and 19 tests for his country. Post-career, he's worked in TV and radio, and he comes from my neck of the woods of Wollongong. Let's get started. Welcome to Lunch with Lee. On the show today, Mark Spud Carroll, a former Australian New South Wales Rugby League player. Welcome, Spud. How are you, mate? Oh, mate, great to be on the show. I can't wait to have a bit of a chat. But unfortunately, yeah, yeah. no lunch. We'll get no, there no. later on. We'll get there later on, mate. But we've got a, a guy who doesn't mind, I'm sure, a nice lunch as well. Is Steve Blocker-Roach, another prop, a former Australian and New South Wales Rugby League player. Blocker, how are you, mate? Hey, Lee. How you going, mate? I'm glad. I hope you had your hand on your heart when you mentioned the gong, mate. I, mate, I do, mate. I'm, it's, it's a, it was a great place to grow up, and um, my folks still live uh, down near Jamboree. So once this lockdown finishes, mate, I'm looking forward to get, getting down to the farm. No, oh, but yeah, mate, it's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, it is, mate. Now, I was doing my research prior to obviously getting you two on the show, and, and I, I, I wasn't sure whether you guys crossed over much, but you actually did quite a bit. And you went on a, and I'll ask you first block, but you guys actually went on a, a tour in 1992 to England together, didn't you? Uh, in 19, 1990, we went on uh, the tour together. Yeah. Spud and I uh, made uh, great fond memories. I mean, blokes who are playing the game today have got no idea what they've missed out on in kangaroo tours. Yeah. Mate, I was lucky enough to... Well, those guys, I, I'd been around a little bit longer than Spud and also MG. They were sort of a little bit my understudy. And I used to call, mm. them, I used to call them smash and crash because we would play... We would play midweek games. We play midweek games against you know all the English clubs, you know Leeds and and Bradford mm-hmm. and Wigan and all that sort of stuff. And I used to I used to jury them up just to, to smash all the pommies. I used to love it. Just sit back and, and watch these two young blokes just try and outdo each other. It was fantastic. And and Spud, what was it like for you, mate? Coming in the, the younger guy coming in on that tour in nineteen ninety. Um, under someone like Blocker, was it must have been um, intimidating, but also would have been inspiring. I'm sure. Yeah, well, firstly, I'm just wrapped to be on the same show as Blocker. As a, as a young bloke coming through, I, was, I idolised certain players of the way they played, and, and Blocker was one of those. Uh, Les Davison was another one. But mm-hmm. um, my first game against Blocker was back in 1889, and I, I came off the bench for for uh, Penrith. And I used to, back then, I had the big shoulder pads and headgear, and um, I thought I was about to score a try, but I got held up nearly over the line. But then next thing, someone ripped my bloody headgear off. It was Blocker. He threw it over <laughs> the freaking crowd. <laughs> I remember. And I remember the next week, my dad said to me, "My dad never played rugby league, but always sort of picked on a couple of players." He said, "Mate, you better fix that blocker up." So I remember in we played him in the semi-final and we got beaten again, but I didn't care. Blocker ran into me, and I, I gave him a good hit, and he chased me in the line. I said, oh, "I've been giving it to you, Carol." And next thing in 1990, <laughs> went on the Kangaroo tour with a big blocker. As um, Blocker said, "Mate, he played Test footy. I played what they call the Emus, where we just go and bash the shit out of the pommies on a Wednesday night." <laughs> Get on the drink, but the amount of times I used to knock myself out because, as I said, Blocker used to give us goals of how many players we can knock out, and most times I knock myself out. 
<laughs> I love it. Hey, Blocker, now, I was looking up, um, I thought, where does the nickname Blocker come from? I, th- I, didn't, I thought it was like a block of flats or, but the original nickname was Blockhead. I know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Right. Is yeah. that true? You're right. You're right, Lee. Uh, the great element man, God rest his soul, was, uh, was big in Wollongong and actually was playing for the Tigers fullback, played for Australia and was a beach print champion and all that sort of stuff. And mm. I got picked up by, I got picked up by the Tigers by Keith Barnes and I used to drive up with Alan. And um, he he gave me the nickname of Blockhead. Well, you couldn't you couldn't go through your whole career of that. So I changed it. I <laughs> yes. changed it as I went along just to, just to play old Blocker. But I also read too that that the, the nickname Blocker might have come from you were a plumber too at one stage, and but a, but a shit but a shit one you used to block the drains. Is that, is that true? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh mate, you could you could you could think of a thousand. I've had a thousand nicknames. There's probably a lot of ones I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't mention on the show, mate. <laughs> and Spud, where does your nickname come from? Uh, Shane, it comes back to, you know, well, the thing is, I had a couple, when I was at Penrith, I had um, box head, because uh, I always <laughs> used to have a, back then was the go, was to have a flat top and a mullet. So I had a, but then when I got down to, my, when I finally cracked first grade, and it took me ages to get, I didn't play first grade really until I was 23, but mm-hmm. I used to read a lot of muscle magazines because I just found energy, I had no energy, and I used to eat these bloody potatoes, and my, my record before a game was 16 potatoes, big ones. But it made me so crook, mate. The S-Bens got hammered at home. But I remember this one particular game, and it was uh, when, when against against Balmain, like I said, we lost the semifinal. Um, but I, I, had a, I had a pretty good game. And I remember Peter Flingos coming in saying, mate, you've just done 20 hit-ups, 20 tackles. Yeah, what's your secret? And I went, I must have the potatoes. And next thing, I'm in the back page. And I walked in at South Sydney and they went, oh, here comes Spud. And I looked over my shoulder and went, you, you dickhead, you're the one who eats all the potatoes. So Got I've it. had the Spud since um, back then, 1990, mate, and I've had it ever since, yeah. Mate, I love, I'm really excited to have, and I used to love watching both of you guys play, And um, but having two props on the show, I love the physicality of the game. And Block, I read a quote from you that, that said, in the late 80s, the first half of a football game was a fight and then the game broke it broke out into a game of football. Yeah, we. I, I was. I think I was referring to State of Origin at the time when I yeah. started started playing State of Origin. Mate, the ball boys used to get belted. Mate, if you run the, <laughs> they used to run the sand on that. That's what I was mentioning too. You know, the first twenty minutes when I started, I, I was sort of at the the back end of you know all the rough stuff and all the bad guys, and then all of a sudden they cleaned the game up a little bit, which was which was good for good for your melon. But um, yeah. Mate, playing back in the day uh, when I first started, and that I, I can honestly, honestly say, you know, that my first, my first year playing in the NRL, well, it was Australian Rugby League then, yep. was survival. It wasn't actually playing the game; it was just, wow. you know, just learning how to survive. You know? And and who who was the t- who was the toughest you played against, Block? Oh, mate, I played against mate. I, I played against mate. All the blokes who played in the front row were tough. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah. I, I had big wars against you know Spuddy and mate, but I, I played against Les Boyd and Craig Young and mate, all those sort of guys, mate. You know, so um, I remember, you know, I remember, you know, just giving a little bit of lip to Craig Young, who was another Wollongong bloke, and he 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 uh, he was one of my heroes when I was growing up, mate. He uh, he sorted me out pretty quick, mate. I was a bit of bit of a lippy lad, but um, I learned pretty quickly, you know, and. You know, I played against all those guys, and I was lucky enough to play with Craig in my, my first Origin in in, uh, in Queensland. That was my first ever uh, game in, for State of Origin, and he was my front row partner. Yep. As I said, he was one of my heroes. All, all I wanted to do, I wasn't worried about Queensland that much. I was worried about making him sort of think that I was all right, and that's what I tried to 
that's what I tried to instill in Spud and, and uh, MG when, you know, when I sort of took over. It's sort of your pass on the mantle uh, as you go on in your career. And, you know, I, I just I just love the way those two guys played and just their, their energy and, and the way that they just wanted to be physical. And, you know, the, the, the great thing about our game and our position, you can't, there's no way that you can tip your toe in the water when you're playing in our position. And, mate, I, I admire guys. Uh, who can do it for a long, long period of time, and they're the guys that you know that, that I look to. And you know what, these guys, these guys, and mate, you know, I'm sure you're going to talk about the wars that that uh, that Spud had with with the great Chief Harrigan. I mean, um, mate, it's legendary. But I, I think that that might have been passed down from from blokes of yesteryear how they played the game, and then passed it on to you know to Spud and Chief and all that sort of how. You know, playing in the front row for Australia was, uh, you know, was a, was a badge of honour. And um, uh, Spud, you mentioned Les Davison before. He looked like a tough character, but but that, those those roles you had with with the Chief Harrigan, mate. I, I watched some old footage of that, and you guys were just running like almost like battering rams at each other. Yeah. No, no, no protection for your own survival at all. No, no, there wasn't. But it, was, it just brings back fond memories for you know, here in Block at all because I. I keep going back to '89, and I had, a, I had a coach back then called Ron Willie, and he and he walked into the sheds, and he uh, didn't say much. Actually, he said not much at all. And he, he go, "Boys, you got ten minutes, and then walk out." Wow. And I remember saying to Matty Goodwins, and Matty Goodwin on that day, Ron Willie went up to him and said, "Mate, first scrum, want you to whack Blocker." And and I, I still remember it. He went bang, and Blocker looked at him saying, "What the hell are you doing, Matt?" Next thing, he punched the shit out of him. But the thing is, it's what they call softening up period. You got ten minutes to throw as many penalties as you can give get, give away. But the the the, uh, the the sort of collisions I had with Paul Harrigan, it all started back in ninety and ninety four. Um, I remember I got the manly. I walked in. I was one hundred eighteen kilo. I had the mobility of an ocean line. I could not move. The boat was screaming at me. What do you mean doing? I said, Bows. I thought you want me big because it was like big blokes, Bows. I guess, yep. mate. The game's changed. Get down to one hundred eight. I went shit. I was just there. He goes. Mate, you're training with him. And then all I did was train with Des Hasler. Right. But I still remember the first game saying oh, it all started was we played a, a trial match and, and block, you know, you know what it feels like. When when you're in the off-season, you put all this weight on, you're strong as an ox, right? And you can't wait to whack someone. And the first game we did was against Newcastle. And they sort of they put a reserve grade side up. And I still remember Chief and, and, uh, and Butterfield were up in the stand. And I remember saying to a, a mate of mine, uh, Matt Dumford, I said, mate, this is like target practice. And they kept running the right shoulder. And I was dropping blokes left, right and centre because you were so heavy as well. But I remember I hit this guy as he was falling. And I, did I get him high? Yes, I did. But did I mean it? No, but he just fell into my arm. Mm. And since that moment on, that's when the chief says, I'm going to take this bloke out. So that's why when you see gotcha. everything, myself and him, um, but I look back at that, you know, that collision in 1995, you'll, you'll never see a hit like that again. That's I probably yeah. would have got eight weeks for that, putting one on his chin. It's, it's funny now you look at um, what, what's going on in the game now with all the HIA and the head injuries and, and that sort of stuff. What I want to ask you both, have you had any effects post-career, do you think? Um, or do I have to ask that question again? <laughs> what was the question? I was going to say, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you reckon, Blocker? You know what? You know what? Mate, even if I did, I, I, mate, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't change one second of of my career, mate. I, mate, honestly, I'd be selling, I'd be, I'd be selling newspaper at Redfern bloody train station. If it wasn't for this great game, and mate, I, I get dirty. I think Spud's a bit the same as me. You know, I, I get dirty about all this talk about head knocks, mate. We knew what we were getting into. 
uh, I, I, I knew exactly, you know, you know what we had to what we had to do, and you know it was a it was a collision sport, mate. How do you stop that sort of stuff? You can't, mate. And you know the way the game's going now, and all these HIAs, um, I, uh, you know, if it ever did come, look, look, you know, I got asked one day, you know, do you want to sue the league for bloody head knocks and all that, you know? And I said, mate, you're kidding, aren't you? I said, mate, not only would I never do that, but I'd be dirty on anyone who did, you know, because, you know, you, you play this game, you, you understand what it is. Mate, mate, I love this game as much. Now I'm 59 now. Mate, I love it as much as I did when I was seven years old. I love the uh, I, I love the story too, just just digressing a little bit about um, about Spud talking about Ronnie Willie. Now, when we played, when we played State of Bonnie was our coach, Les Hobbs, who's a great mate of mine who... Mate, I'm telling you, no one would beat in a street fight in his day. He was unbelievable. They used to send, they used to send blokes to fight him at the pub, and I'd be having a beer with him. Say, I'll be back in a minute. I'll go look after this, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, these are the old Balmain blokes, you know. Anyway, um, Ronnie, Ronnie was our coach, and Les was our conditioner, and mate, we had one doctor. Now, if you have a look at the game now, I know, it's, I know it's evolved and all that sort of stuff, and you know, mate, there's there's only a, a staff member for every player. They get looked after like silkworms. Now, we, mate, we played the game because we, we played the game because we loved it. I remember Queensland beat us in the first game when Ronnie was coach. We come in, we come in, and we're playing at the cricket ground. Wayne Pierce is our captain. He goes out and does the toss, and he comes back in, and Ronnie goes, "Who won the toss, Junior?" And Junior goes, "We did." And Ronnie didn't even know. Ronnie goes, Does, "Are we kicking off?" Are we kicking off? He said, yeah, we won the toss. We're kicking off. He said, good fight. That was the case. Good fight. And, mate, you, I don't know if you remember this. I think it's like 85 or 86 or something like that, somewhere around there. We kick off, and she's on from the kickoff. It's un- mate, it's unbelievable. Just straight away, 26 blokes fighting. That's what I was saying, you know, like in those days, like all of a sudden, you know, the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes would be fighting, and then a game of footy would break out, you know. And, and we've, got, we've got to be really, really careful too. We don't turn into a, a, a big game of touch football because it, it is a physical sport. It, it is a contact sport. Um, yes, we should be trying to do things to look after our players, but we don't want to take away the no, the, the, the real heart of the game. And it, I, I'd hate to see the prop prop be removed. No, you can't. Well, Shane, the thing is when when you oh, – it's just how you've been built, right? And bloggers are the same, and I'm, I'll bet the same. My dad always – Said to me, never show your hurt, always get up, right? Mm. It was like a badge of honor to get up off the ground. Not, I never laid on the ground. Can you imagine Tom Radonikas laying on the ground? No. Mm-hmm. The Ray Prost, the, all these guys were my idols. Ray Prost, one of my idols. Terry Randall's one of my idols. How hard did he used to hit? But yeah. I, I, I also remember, especially when I played Newcastle, I'd always cop a couple of whacks. You know, instead of getting tackled by one bloke, they get tackled by four. I remember at half time the, the 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 doctor came up and gave me three numbers to remember, right? <laughs> and then he come back. He said, uh, "What were the numbers?" And I went, "Did you give me some numbers?" He goes, "You're right. Get back on the field." That's how it was. Mate. <laughs> and will I change it? No. Will I change no it? Way. No. The way the game is these days, mate. This HIA. Um, I know yeah. they're looking after the game because they're scared, mate. There's something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. There's a couple right. of blokes got some court cases at the moment, and if one gets through, mate, we'll look out. Take a little break now, and once again in lockdown, I'm doing the cooking. It's a bit cold today, Dan. I've cooked a beautiful ham hock and pea soup, mate, with some um, green split peas. Got to have white crusty bread with that, plenty of butter. A little O'Brien's beer, and I might even have a nice little cold glass of a Chardonnay to go with that as well. Let's get started. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. 
John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Spartan Sports is recognised as one of the world's most exciting and innovative sporting brands with a community focus. Our product range across cricket, rugby, football, volleyball, basketball and fitness has been developed to sell directly to any club, school, corporate or individual. Go to our website and order directly to your front door. www.spartansportshq.com Spartan Sports, unearth the warrior in you. Now, hey, Spud, I was going to ask you, so uh, you finished your career and before you set up your gym, Spud's, Spud's Gym in the Eastern Suburbs, you went in and became a bodyguard to Russell Crowe. Now, did, so, so talk me through that. Did you have to learn to wrestle tigers, you know, for, for the gladiator and that sort of stuff? What was that? What was happening? No, well, mate, the, the, the crazy thing about that, that was – I met him in 1999. I was playing for South and I was a bit of a maniac before a game. I didn't want people walking in my sheds. And yep. first plate walks in is Tom Cruise. And I went, bloody Tom Cruise. I know what he looks like. You know, he's very pretty. And then Russell <laughs> walked in and I'm thinking, who the hell is this bloke? Get him out. Anyway, the game <laughs> – I always finished with a cut in my eye for some reason. Anyway, I remember him standing, standing in front of me and he had a really nice – I love watches. He had a Submariner Rolex. And I didn't I didn't know who he was. I said, mate, I dig your watch. And he goes, oh, thanks very much, Submariner. I said, I'm going to get one of these one day. Anyway, he introduced himself, Russell Crowe. Anyway, I ended up playing rugby league for his Arara Valley Axeman. This sort of all started back when I was 36. Um, it was like closure for me, which I was you – know, I, I needed closure. I just wanted to bash people even the age of 36 – and for saying thank you, he bought me that Rolex. Wow. Right? And then he asked me to um when I did his bodyguard work, I did a couple of I did a, I did a couple of movies. But then the main one was when he did Cinderella Man. He said, I want you to come down and meet um Angelo Dundee. I went, bloody hell, how good is this? So I went down yeah. and met him. And I just can't help myself. I just picked up some weights and started doing some training. And and he had three of these um Canadian, they were they were Olympians, ex-Olympian boxers there who were gonna be the the, the figures and Anyway, he seemed more like a do, and he said, mate, I want you to come across with us. And, yeah, you don't get taught anything, mate. At the, the end of the day, mate, like I'm six, six, three, six, four. if I want to do my hair up really good. And I can tell <laughs> something to get out of my face pretty quickly with my eyes. So, yeah. um, But the crazy thing about Russell is that uh, he can't go anywhere. I mean, anywhere in the world. You can go to Russia, China, you can go to bloody Poland. Someone yeah. would know Russell Crowe. But most times, um, yeah, we had, we had, we've had no real drama. Um it was, it was, mate, it was, it was exciting. It would have been good times, yeah. Yeah, it was good times. And, and Blocker, um, talk about watches. Um, I heard a story once that Gordon Tallis was out in the pub and some blokes were giving shit and you just walked up and you didn't say a word, you just took your watch off and they, then they all left. Is that true? <laughs> no, what, uh, what, oh, well, what, what happened was, um, I, I won't, I won't mention any names, but Gordy was in a little bit of, Gordy was in a bit of trouble and there was a few, there was a few blokes around. So I said, uh, I said, well, mate, looks like you're outnumbered there. I said, well, I took my watch off. I said, I'm with you. <laughs> I said, mate, yeah. And um, you know, oh, yeah, we'll make out the way way it was, you know. <laughs> but uh, we talk about uh, he was a Queenslander, but uh, uh, 
it was you're a proud New South Welshman. We we all are. But um, Artie Beetson was a bit of a, bit of a hero of yours, wasn't he, Block? I really liked uh, I really liked Gordon as a player. I really uh, I really admired him as a player. But um, mate, he was a little bit outnumbered that day. So I thought, you know what, I'll just show my kind side here and and jump on board with him. But that's not uh, you know I'll, I'll give you a, a quick story about Gordon Tallis. Um, my brother, my brother Rodney, you, you probably know him. Lee from down in the Gold Rod. Um, he actually, he actually lost his eye in a in a fight in a pub, which uh, which was which was bad. And you know, one of his party tricks now is when you're not looking, he puts his eye, in, his glass eye in your beer and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, he's a knockabout, knockabout bloke. Anyway, um, this is a, a few years later, and Gordon had heard about it, and they, we were having a little bit of a fundraiser for him. And Gordon flew down. We didn't even know he was coming. Flew down to the function. Must have found out about it somehow, and arrives at the function. Uh, gives one of his um, Queensland jumpers for a uh, for an auction item, and gets up and so they so they get him up on stage and they said, oh good, you know, you come down here and blah blah blah. Anyway, he said, mate, uh, he said I'm a I'm a great believer in mateship. He said I'll never ever forget what Bob did for me um, one day, and he told the story about the, the stink and all that sort of stuff. So um, that was his way of that was his way of. Re- Repaying me, mate, you know, but but it was something for my brother. It wasn't for me. You know? We were raising for my brother, but um, that's the sort of bloke he is, mate. Um, I, I like him. He's a lot like Spud. Spud and I are great mates, and mate, I just love I just love their honesty, the way they are. They're upfront. If you if you're giving them the shit, they'll tell you. And uh, whatever whatever's doing, um, you know, if you if you got yourself in a little bit of trouble and they're outnumbered, they jump straight in. So I, I like that there's those sort of guys still left in the world. Good old fashioned Aussie mateship, mate. That's what we love. And um, and yeah. and block if you're if you're breeding a horse and um, you're going to give birth to a child out of yourself, um, I would I wouldn't expect you to give birth to a two time Olympian in water polo, mate. Your, your son Aiden is it? Is he going to this third Olympics now? Or is he is he done? Yeah, this, this is his third. Lee, he's uh, he's over there now, mate. He's over there now. Actually, well, they they went to uh, they went to uh, they went to um, Hawaii for a couple of weeks to play against the USA. Um, as a like practice matches before they go, so yeah, three time Olympian, mate. I, mate, you know, of course I'm going to boast about him. He's a beautiful kid, mate. He's a he's a lovely young fella, mate. You um, you know, you you think sportsmen work hard. I uh, I used to go and I used to go and watch him train sometimes. I've never seen anything like it, mate. They uh, they did big big tests in America about the the fittest blokes in sport, and those guys in the water. It's like rugby league in the water. Um, they, they're unbelievable the way they play, and um, three-time Olympian, uh, three-time Olympic, um, just uh, just an unbelievable achievement. But the, the other thing I'm I'm so proud of him too is um, he, these guys are in the pool. You got to understand these guys because of public pools in Australia. They open at nine o'clock in the morning. These guys, for, mate, for the best part of twenty years, he's been trained at five a.m. in the morning because they've got to get out of the pools. But as I was mentioning, the, the other great thing I'm really proud of him is he did his accountancy while he was while he was playing and uh, played over played over in Union, uh, over in uh, Europe for, in Hungary for six years, and mate did his accountancy while he was while he was in the water at five a.m. every morning, get out and then study all day, and mate took it on as a job. So he so he go to the library from nine to five every day and just studied. So you know you know mate you know what sport does to you, mate. It, it, it just it builds your mind and Makes you makes you strong in all other areas, and you know, three times Olympian, mate. You know, you you're never an ex you're never an ex Olympian, mate. You you might be an ex footy player, or an ex cricket player, or 
ex whatever, but they say you're, you're never an ex Olympian, you know. No, you're, you're always an Olympian. And, and Spud, I, I might be wrong here, but um, you strike me as um, a, a bit of a deep thinker. I might be wrong. I don't know. I might be might be your crazy eyes. I, I don't know. But but you've just um, you were saying off air before you just bring out a new book called Spud, which comes out in, in August. Was what was that process like for you? Um, fantastic. I've been talking to. Adam Hawes, um, when I was doing some Fox work around, it's got to be at least two years ago. And when COVID hit, um, we got, yeah, you know, we, we couldn't get together, but we did it over the phone. I remember to go down to the baby near the dog park there and look out the water and I'd have a two weeks new in my hand. And we just, we just started doing chapters upon chapters and then he'd send it through. And his writing skills are incredible, Shane. They're really incredible. Like, and I then send it off to my mates and then come back, they come back, mate, this sounds like you, Spud. I said, well, it is supposed to be me, but the way it's been written is fantastic. Um, but, yeah, just the whole, like you said, you did one with your brother, mate, just the whole bits and pieces. A, you've got to hit enough words. B, you got to try and find some photos. Mm. C, the, the, the biggest thing for me was probably the cover. Um, I had this magnificent photo, but we couldn't find who actually shot that photo back then and you just can't go and use a photo. So we've got That's a fantastic right. photo. Um, and I've just had um, a mate of mine, um, another fantastic Australian actor, Wayne Blair, do the audio book. Um, and for someone like that who's really fastidious, and he rung up and he was reading my, he was reading what he had to write uh, to to read out. And he goes, "Mate, this book is bloody great." So that was sensational for me. Russell, Russell did the forward for me. Um, mm. And mate, as I said, I've always wanted to write a book, so hopefully everyone enjoys it. it comes out on the. Uh, 17th of um, August. Um, I think it's around Father's Day. And- but we'll, we'll put the details up on our website. Yeah, that's for sure. That's a cracker. If you enjoyed this episode, maybe go back and check out another Lunch with Lee podcast with Benny Elias, another bell maniac. And speaking of maniacs, Mark Latham. It's an absolute cracker. Hey, um, Blocky, you said before um, you, you, you didn't have any regrets with, with your footy career, you wouldn't change a thing. And you, you get it, probably get asked this all the time, but 989 when Warren Ryan yeah. takes you off, do you look back at yeah. that and feel upset or disappointed or frustrated? Uh, yeah, oh, mate, filthy because uh, we uh, we lost two in a row actually. We, we lost in 88 and 89, but I was suspended from a game against Penrith for uh, I hit. I hit Chris Mortimer a little bit late in a. He's a great mate of mine. I hit him a little bit late in a tackle, which I said to him in the judiciary, "Burn a smart ass." I got there as quick as I could, and I got exactly four <laughs> weeks, which was which was right on the grand final. Spud knows well too, and I knew I was in trouble because you know when you hit him right, it's like boxing. If you hit him right, they fall forward. They fall forward, snort. They don't fall back. Oh, man, I got hairs on the back of my neck. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, eighty nine. You know, you know. Uh, I missed the 88 grand final and, mate, 89 was the, the one and only chance that I got to play in another one. We, we'd always be in the semis, but we just couldn't crack it for a grand final and, uh, mate, beating in extra time, hard to take. But, mate, you know you know when I look at it, I, I look at that side, that, that Canberra side, yeah. uh, Rippy Stewart and Daly and Meninga and Glenn Lazarus and, and Brad Clyde. And, mate, they, they were, you know, that, that day, that day had 26, uh, international players that have played either state of origin or internationals for England or Australia. So on the field at the same time. So, mate, to tell you the truth, to be beaten by those guys wasn't, you know, you know, I, I, I didn't get real worried about that, but I, I would have loved to have won one. There's no doubt about that. But unfortunately, you know, it didn't happen. And I hate grand final week because it just brings back, and, and it's the same, 
been the same for 30 years, you know, which Rob, I still think exactly the same way, but um, I've got to get over it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you mentioned you mentioned Mel Meninga. Now, I've always wanted to ask, I'll ask both of you guys this question, but he, he must have been a nightmare to tackle with those big quads of his. But I reckon he had a broken arm for 12 years there. He had that plaster cast on his arm for 12 years. What was the story with that? Come on. And he broke his arm. He broke his arm five times, mate. I got hit on the nose with that plaster carpet cast. It was like a, it was like a telegraph pole. It was it's that like big, a rock, mate. Wasn't it? Mate, I've never been hit like that before in my life. my nose all over my face. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was soft when they checked it before the game, and then as it got drier, it hardened. It was like getting hit with a bloody telegraph pole. But uh, <laughs> mate, great player, hard man, hard man to a uh, hard man to pull down. It, it, you know, it would have been a lot easier to, to handle him had he to been in the middle and around the forwards when you got blokes around you, you can gang tackle and all that. But I can imagine, you know, blokes trying to hit him one-on-one in the centres. That it would have been just a nightmare. But uh, Spud and I were lucky enough to play in that kangaroo too. He is our captain. And, mate, what a leader. Of, what, a, what, a, what a great man. And a, and a bloke who could, uh, you know, get the best out of his players, you know. Yeah, but he was like a captain of uh, nine, in 1990 kangaroo tour. But I remember coming back and playing him. I was playing for South and... You go down and play at the Raiders um, Canberra Stadium back then. Like, seriously, the grass, it was like an ice skating rink. And the back line had, like, Stewart, um, Laurie. Then you had Mal Meninga. You had, Chick- you had, had Fergo, Winger. You had, you had Belcher at the back, mate. It'd be 30 nil at half time. Thinking, yeah. what are we doing here? And it looked like a nightmare playing down in Canberra, too, in those days. It would have been cold. The ground would have been hard. Mm. Now, Spud, we were, we were also talking off air, mate. I know you love your music, and, and, you've, and you've stolen my – You've stolen my lead singer from Six and Out, Richard Cheekwee, the, the the Asian Mick Jagger, we call him. And um, But uh, you, you love your music, don't you? Oh, isn't he a talent? Uh, yeah, man, I always have. My dad was a, a music coming through. My dad was a um, bass player for Johnny O'Keefe many, many years ago. And I remember as a kid, wow. um, I, you know, I, did, I learned piano at the start and then then footy came about and I didn't practice and, and I just then – I remember one Christmas I got a guitar, my brother got a drum kit and dad taught me two chords, an A into a D, A and D, all day yep. I was playing this A, D. And, you know, I think out of the music regards playing piano, my dad's always said I've got a, a good ear and, you know, you, you've been in the music, you know what it means. And I yeah. can pick up songs pretty quick. Cool. But the latest thing I've been doing, um, Gavin Robinson, another one you would have played with. Yep. Um, yeah, just going probably on 18 months now. He, he, he rang up saying, Spud, we're doing, we're trying, we're putting a band together. And, uh, and I went, mate, I'm in. I didn't know who was in it. And he told me, <laughs> Whitney was in it. Um, we've got uh, Eric Rose Senior, which he was one of my idols too, mate. I used to love yeah. the Eric Rose bump. And I'm now on stage with myself. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. And then, yeah, we've got two rules musicians. Uh, I mean, freakish musician, one being Steve Balby, yeah, nice who's place. an Australian rocker, and another bloke called Andrew Dawson. Mate, it's mm. the most. We've done one gig. It's the most exhilarating thing I've done since playing rugby league, mate. Mate, that's fantastic. We can't wait for the bloody pubs to open back up so we all can get out of this, out of this bloody lockdown, mate. Now, I ask every guest on the show the same question. I'll ask you first, Block. Um, if there was a young boy or girl who wanted to t- have a career in, in rugby league, what advice would you give them? Uh, oh, mate, the, the same in any sport, I, I would say. If, you know, you just got to be dedicated. You've got to love it for a start. You can't. You can't just play something because you happen to be good at it. Um, you know, I'd be, you know, look, I always tell young people and that when I, when I talk to them and, you know, they ask me about this sort of stuff is I'd make sure every week or every night before I go to bed, I'd do something that make me uncomfortable. Just say, for instance, um, you know, uh, you've got to do a hundred push-ups or something like that. Something that would make you comfortable. So it's like brushing your teeth every night, which gives you the edge on everyone else. Do something, you know, I sort of got that 
thing from Mike Tyson had run at you know, three in the morning and people say, mate, why do you run at three in the morning? He goes, because no one else does. So, you know, my, my, my two parts to my, my advice is, you know, be dedicated to the sport, but also love it. Don't don't actually play it just because you you happen to be good at it. Imagine, imagine putting your forgetting to put your rubbish bins out, and uh, three in the morning, Mike Tyson come running by, you'd fucking fucking shit yourself, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, Mike! Hey, then Spud, what advice would you give to a young boy or girl who wanted to play footy? Yeah, well, I, I deal with a couple of young blokes at the moment who are actually playing first grade, and a couple of things I always say is always turn a negative into a positive. So if something goes down, you might drop the ball, you might miss the tackle, make sure you don't make it do it twice. But the, the main thing is the other analogy. Another guy I used to love watching was Jeff Robinson playing when they played for the uh, Bulldogs. Blocker would have played against mm. him. I didn't play against him. But the way he used to run, he used to run what they call from the back fence. And the philosophy is this, the harder you run, you don't get hurt. And that's all I say to people, run. If you run hard, you won't get hurt. That's good advice, mate. Well, boys, I want to thank you both for, for coming on the show. Um, I also want to thank you both for over the years, whenever I've bumped into either one of you two, um, you've always been nice. You've always been really um, yeah, giving it, giving of your time. And uh, once again, you've done it for me today, so I really do appreciate it. Um, Spud, I can't wait to read your book. And uh, and Blocker, the good Wollongong boy, mate, it's great to chat to you, mate. Two legends of the game. Thanks, boys. Good on you, Shane. We enjoyed it, mate. Good on you, Spud. See you soon, see you, man. And I'm going to be watching, watching the Olympics, mate, so hopefully Aiden can get a, get, get a medal for us. You're very kind, boys. Thank you. That's it for Lunch With Lee this week. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Steve Blocker-Roach and Mark Spud-Carroll. Thanks to our sponsors, Athlon Partners, Spartan Sports and O'Brien Beer. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. And do us a favour if you're passionate, leave a review. And come check us out on our socials, Instagram, I'm at Lunch With Lee. Our official Lunch With Lee photography was done by Felicity Kelly. You can find her on Instagram at Felicity Kelly Portraits. And our producer is Dan McHugh. Next week, we'll be checking some more complete legends about sport, music and business on another cracker episode of Lunch With Lee. We'll see you then. <laughs>